Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are trying to shed the salaries of DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore. Uh, I, too, am trying to shed some wasteful spending in the new year. It's going about as well as the Lakers. According to Brian Windhorst of ESPN, the Lakers are, again, active in trade talks. This has been a theme, basically, all year, as you would expect with a team that has fallen short of expectations, regardless of the reason. Uh, The Lakers are apparently actively shopping Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Jordan to shed their salaries and open up another couple roster spots uh, for the buyout market or potentially for a trade in which they send out one player and get a couple in return. That is interesting. We'll get on. We'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, but it on its face, this report is neither surprising, uh, nor is it hard to see where this is going. I just don't see a team that is probably all that interested in DeAndre Jordan. He has had three different stops, uh, Dallas, Brooklyn and now here with the Lakers where he has been unplayable and his career seems to be over uh, unless he just immediately changes his approach to the sport. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's approach. I don't know if it's physical, whatever the situation is. He is not an NBA player was not an NBA player at the time of the Lakers signing him and for damn sure was never a starting caliber NBA player. Just a brutal signing that the Lakers are trying to deal with right now. And, you know, they're trying to deal with it in a situation where they don't want dead money on the books. And that gets tricky. Really quickly on the Kent Bazemore front, I do think it's kind of early to just give up on his season. Uh, Yes, the Lakers and everybody watching the Lakers have noticed that he just does not have it to this point in the season. But he is also a 6'4", 6'5"-ish, long, fairly athletic wing who has been able to hit the three-pointer in recent memory. And yeah, I would say just casting that aside for the sake of an open roster spot that we don't necessarily know how it's going to be used right now is not something I would be all that interested in right now. I I said this with with Sabrina on I Love Basketball earlier today. I think I would rather with Bazemore just have him suck and not play this year than uh, than either wave him outright or like especially attach something to him to to get off of his salary. It's only a minimum contract, and all this talk of taxes is just it's taxing. DeAndre DeAndre Jordan is a different thing though. He has not been good ever at at any point really this season the closest he's been has been marginally playable and it's only for stretches and bursts at a time it's never really been for the entirety of a game uh and definitely not for like the entirety of a week the lakers have been absolutely obliterated by covid protocols by actual injuries injuries at his position and yet he has fallen out of the rotation he's the only guy who has not entered those health and safety protocols. And I, I'm not here to make the joke that I've seen on Twitter where, uh, you know, I'm just not going to make the joke. But if this guy is the only player who has been available throughout these uh, protocols and, and throughout the Lakers' dealings with those protocols, 
and yet he is now completely out of the rotation. Again, it just signals how brutal a decision it was bringing him on in the first place. And again, if you're trying to move... So the Rondo situation was brought on by circumstance. The Cleveland Cavaliers lost Ricky Rubio, were desperate for a short-term solution at at, uh, point guard, and they were able to come to some kind of deal that saved the Lakers money. And if that kind of situation comes to fruition again in the case of like Ken Bazemore, I could see that working out. I could see some team basically convincing itself, yeah, we can we can resurrect this guy's season. I don't see that happening with DeAndre Jordan. There is nobody who is sitting there watching what we have watched from DeAndre this year, saying to themselves, oh man, but those flashes, if we could only get those flashes to be more consistent, given the fact that he has been consistently bad for now, three different organizations back to back to back. Uh, he was making $10 million in Brooklyn and couldn't get off the bench in the playoffs with friends, <laughs> very, very close friends on the roster who never really vouched for him. So I think here with Jordan, uh, it depends on what it would take to get him off of the books, what kind of situation would come to fruition in order to get this guy off of the roster and not have to eat that money. But we really, like, the Lakers have the biggest... Uh, Jersey sponsor in the history of the sport. They just signed a record-breaking deal with uh, the former Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena. And, and like, yes, they don't benefit directly from that as directly as, as some of their other deals this year. But they do benefit from a partnership that was announced between the two sides. And, and again, like, this is a, a, a team, an organization that legit prints money. Like TV deal is one of the most lucrative in the history of American professional sports. Uh, the ticket sales are, are, are once again through the roof now that fans are allowed in stands again. Uh, the, the, they don't exactly, like their, their coaching staff is not one that is incredibly expensive, I don't believe. And, and uh, th- this is not a, a, a team that is hurting for any kind of revenue. So yeah, sure, like having to spend multiples of a veteran's minimum contract in luxury tax, uh, it, it luxury taxes is going to suck. I just can't get myself to care. I, not not necessarily even from the standpoint of like, you know, in general, I don't care about taxes, but especially with a team like the Lakers. And and again, I keep on hearing, well, Jeannie Bus isn't worth as much as the other owners. Sure, but she's not waiting in line for food every weekend. Like she's, she's done fine. She's her, her net worth is still in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and, and again, the Lakers I would imagine are going to come out well above the profit margins on this season. Uh, even if they're making up for lost time, I think it won't take very long to make up for that lost time. So I, in, in this case, it just wave the guy. If you're really that desperate to to get rid of him, just wave him. And and even then, I, I would say maybe holding on to him until you know specifically what it is you're going to do with the roster spot. Like I talked about Kent Bazemore, how I'd be fine holding on to him even if he doesn't play this year. But with DeAndre, knowing that he's going to be bad and knowing that it would take almost like it would it would take basically signing me to lead to a situation where the player that they bring in would be worse 
than DeAndre Jordan has been this year. Uh, but if if that is indeed, uh, if they have somebody in mind already and they are desperate to get this guy off of the books right now, then just waive him. And if they don't have that in mind already, then I would keep him as salary ballast until you know specifically what it is that you would be getting ready to do uh, whenever you open up that roster spot. Now, in terms of things that getting off of Kent Bazemore and getting off of DeAndre Jordan would do for the Lakers, uh, open up opening up those roster spots, obviously the first thing everybody thinks of is if somebody who is on a contract, a, a hardship contract, and shows some good things while on that hardship contract becomes available, then you can just go out and bring in that player. Uh, if the Lakers want to... Uh, see about a, a buyout market in current NBA players. That's not normally something that comes to fruition right now. We usually have to go through the trade deadline and players who are on the trade block but weren't able to get moved and uh, you know would still like out of their current situations. Like that's usually when players get bought out. So you know, unless the Lakers know something, we all don't. And that's I guess perfectly possible. But unless the Lakers know something I don't, getting in, being in a rush to move these deals right now don't really make much sense to me. Unless, again, going back to the money thing, the longer that Bazemore and DeAndre Jordan are on their books, the more of those luxury taxes you have to pay if you aren't bringing anybody in uh, in return for trading them. So, and again, like the fact that we are watching a championship contender a team that we considered at one point a championship contender and we're spending this much time talking about the ways that the lakers can spend or save on the margins i i mean it it, we talk about hits to brands and stuff like that this the way that this season has played out and the way that the lakers have pinched pennies i would hope has a lot of people thinking differently about the ownership group and the future of this organization moving forward under that ownership group. Because if this remains the case moving forward, then the Lakers are going to be operating with a hand tied behind their back as they try to compete with the Balmers and the size and, and, and the other richer owners around the league. And, and for a marquee franchise to be concerned about that or a fan base of a marquee franchise to be concerned about that, you know, just ask Chicago Bulls fans how, the decades after Michael Jordan uh, left have gone. It's not fun. Really quickly, a little bit of time here for a conspiracy theory. Again, if the Lakers are opening up a roster spot right now uh, and they are trying to do so you know, ahead of time, we have heard that Russell Westbrook, they have had conversations about Russell Westbrook internally about moving him. If you're moving a Russell Westbrook, you are probably getting multiple players in return for that sizable contract. And if the Lakers are trying to move Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Jordan right now and and trying to get off of their deals right now and not having to incur any more money on their deals right now, uh, maybe, just maybe, and I'm not reporting anything on this or anything, I'm just hypothesizing, but maybe, just maybe, this is them having maybe found a suitor for Russ and a one for two or three player type deal might be coming in, in which case you do need those two extra roster spots to take in potentially two useful players. 
I don't see teams lining up to send three useful players back for Russell Westbrook in the year of our Lord, 2022, but crazier things have happened, i.e. the Lakers doing exactly that in the year of our Lord, 2021. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, we do have some stuff on Silver Screen and Roll that I want you to pay attention to, as well as, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Sabrina and I recorded a really fun, like a lot of laughing was done in uh, yesterday or today's episode of the uh, I Love Basketball podcast. We do have some reaction to today's rumors uh, put together by Jacob Rood. Uh, he had a really busy day today as well. Or actually, uh, Christian put together the direct response to the uh, DeAndre Jordan Kent Bazemore rumor. And then Jacob was busy elsewhere across the site talking about Stanley Johnson, talking about Malik Monk, um, and Avery Bradley. So check out all of that good stuff on silverscreenroll.com as well as hitting that subscribe, rate, review button here on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. And until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.